what kind of company are you building? You don't have to live up to other people's expectations of what impact or legacy or building a business or having a family or anything looks like. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. Hello, everyone. I am Jill Giovanazzo, and as always with me is Brianne Dick, my co-host and co-founder of the Visionary CEO Academy, and this is the Visionary CEO Podcast. And... This is the penultimate episode of season four. We really haven't used enough $10 words this season. I feel like we, we did a little bit a couple episodes ago. You know, we were talking about portmanteaus, but <laughs> I feel like I am way under on my $10 word count for this season. And there's only two episodes left for me to like jam them in. Hey, I started off, I don't know that it's $10, but it is definitely a $9 word of penultimate. That's, I think that's it's rather what, imp- That's what made me say it. We got penultimate, mm-hmm. we had portmanteau and... I can't think of any other $10 words that we've used. So we're no, under quota. Not that I can think of, but <laughs> it's a very impactful word. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it's very impactful. Although I will say that <laughs> the idea of making an impact, which spoiler alert is what we're going to be talking about today, has almost become talked about so much that it's become meaningless. Leave yeah. a legacy, have an impact. Like, what does that even mean? I'm really hoping that our roundtable guests for this episode will help us bring some clarity to these two words, because honestly, I'm about ready to just throw them out entirely. Well, this is tied into what we've been talking about over this past season, these past episodes about value and bringing value to your business offers for your clients and customers, how there's opportunities to transcend that and make positive impact. Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, Not just on those clients, but on your community or to your team or even the world. Yeah. And the question comes up and you asked it quite nicely. What does impact even mean? Yeah. And I think for each of us, it's different in, in some fashion. It's interesting because one of the first exercises that we do in the academy is we ask our clients to define their business's purpose, vision, and mission. And we ask them to do that even if they've done that work before, because the idea is that you want to have a purpose, vision, and mission for the business that you're building, right? For where you're going, not for where you have been. And frankly, I think that the way that most people do purpose, vision, and mission work sucks. I think that's episode four of season one. So you can just go listen to that. that. Go listen to that. Let's let Brianne put her soapbox back for the moment. (laughs) But what's interesting is how many of our clients come to us and they're, they're essentially in two camps, right? There's the group of people that have dreams of big impact and they're thinking like legacy stuff that's going to outlast them, outlive them, that kind of idea. And they're very clear that they're doing very, you know, big world changing work. And then we have other clients who come to us and we challenge them to come up with a purpose, vision, and mission statement. And as part of that, we want them to think about what the ripple effects of their work are and and what's going to be like the long-term impact of their work. And many of them get stuck there because they're like, I just do this work, especially, I don't want to pick on you agency owners, but agency owners in particular is like, (laughs) I just do copywriting. Like I'm not like solving world hunger. I, I just like writing copy. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. I've had it before. You know, I just, I just like helping people. I just like coaching. That in and of itself is purpose, is a vision, is a mission, and is an impact, mm-hmm. right? Because the, the impact that you're having, right? Most people think of impact in this kind of immediate sphere, mm-hmm. right? What is the impact that you're having immediately? Other people, as you're saying, Brianne, think the long, like way out there sphere, change the world type stuff. Most people miss out that there's this middle portion where impact can also really take life mm-hmm. and, and take flight as a, for example, as a copywriter, right? Yes, you're helping your client by writing their copy because maybe they suck at it or they don't have time <laughs> for it or whatever. But that means that the impact that you're having on them is that they're now able to spend more time in their zone of genius, right. which means that they're able to have more impact themselves. And that impact builds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that you're essentially talking about is this idea of ripple effects. And, and one of the things that we're going to hear from our roundtable guests in this episode is that it's almost there's different degrees of impact, right? There's first degree impact, first order impact was like the direct people that you're serving and the direct people that you are making a difference in their life. And then there's that second degree impact. And that second degree impact is who is affected by the work that you're doing with your clients. So who are the customers that are benefiting from your client's service or product? You're writing the copy so that your client can do more work. But it can also be the impact that you're having on the families of your team members. For yet other people, it's, I want to show that there's a different way to do this, a different way to solve this problem. And again, we're talking like, it's not the immediate impact you're having, it's the secondary impact. And then there's third degree impact, which is how does the balance of society shift? There's different levels of impact, yes. But it's also that the impact that you're having can be multi-level. Like for us, for example, one of the big reasons that we started in business is because we were both bullied in our previous workplace. And so what ended up evolving out of that was, yes, the impact directly first degree for us of not being in a workplace that has bullies. A second degree impact, right, is this idea of creating a space for our team where they are not being bullied. But the third impact, that further out impact is, and this is tied into our vision statement, which is that we want to lead an evolution of online business such that every client gets results, every team member is empowered, and every business owner loves their life. Yeah. All of that came out of one reason. Those are in, that's an impact that hits all every level. Mm-hmm. I, I think you pointed out the alignment with vision. And I actually think that for second and third degree impacts are really aligned with purpose, vision and mission statements. Mm-hmm. Your mission is directly related to the work that you do. It's the work that you do for the people that you do it in the way that you do it, right? Your mission is to be the best at what you do for the people you do it for. And then your vision, as the example that Jill gave us, what's the ripple effect of that? What's the next degree change that comes because of that? And your purpose at the end of the day is the legacy you leave. The purpose is what changes in the world or in society or on this kind of broad global scale, what changes as a result of this work? And that's where we get to talk about not just impact, but this idea of legacy. And that reminds me of something that Lisa Mannion said when she was discussing this as part of our circle of peers. And we introduced Lisa back in episode six. 
And she talked about how she measures the value she creates for clients. And this is one of her favorite topics is how this impact and legacy all come together. I love talking about legacy and impact. So I'm going to say that I'm focused on both in my business. I want to have the most impact possible on my clients to help, you know, illuminate them into their true magic so that they can articulate that clearly, have a very clear strategy, reverse engineer their most powerful solutions into profitable revenue streams and do all of that. And that's kind of in the now moment, the impact moment. And for the legacy moment, that's part of what I'm doing with building out the hybrid online programs and courses and eventually books as well, because I plan to, or I not only plan to, but I do create evergreen content, meaning the principles that I teach are not going away. And so to have them available in the form of courses and programs and books that can leave that lasting legacy, I feel is a big part of my contribution to humanity. We're really not promised tomorrow. I know that more than most because I'm a cancer thriver. So I know that, you know, there was a good chance that I might not have been here today, but I am. So what I want to make sure that I do is first and foremost, yes, live my life to the fullest. That's my number one priority and my health is always my number one priority. But that's why legacy is so important to me because I know I'm the person that kind of created this, that pioneered this whole philosophy and methodology that I teach. And if I go away, it goes away. And that bothers me because I know in my heart of hearts and soul of soul that I was put on this earth to help shift the trajectory of marketing, advertising, and copywriting. And let's remove the ick factor, for lack of a better term, and focus on that values alignment and really get people back into their purpose and doing what they're meant to be. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? So many people will tell you out there, will tell you that if you build a team with clones of yourself, you could disappear tomorrow and that business would just keep rolling. Things would just keep trundling along with no changes. The impact would be the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think sometimes people even think that's what we're telling them, right? Is that mm -hmm. if you build this team, because that's that's something that we do talk about is this idea of if you surround yourself with the right people, if you put the right culture in place, then your impact and your legacy will outlive you and it will outlast you. But there's a difference between that approach and this approach of, I just need to clone myself and be able to have people do things the way that I would do them in order for my legacy to continue. And that's culture, right? That's everything yeah. that we've been talking about here, because the whole intention of all of these things is to create a culture in the business that basically allows the business to maintain its own momentum. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter what changes happen or yeah. who comes into place. And so when Lisa's talking about this is why she was put on this earth was to change how marketing and advertising and copywriting are done and how that whole world operates. What I think is so important and valuable about that is to recognize that part of the impact that she's having is to create programs and courses and books and this body of work which shifts the conversation, right? That's the immediate impact of the work she's doing. But legacy-wise, if you really look at it, the impact that she's having now will end when she's no longer involved in the work that she's doing directly. But the legacy can continue because she will have made an impact 
on team, on clients, on the way that marketing, advertising, and copywriting is done. And by shifting the needle in that direction, it creates a momentum to allow that shift to continue to happen and to evolve. And that's where legacy begins, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. But I think what's interesting about that is to recognize that the down the road legacy that's created often does take on a life of its own and it looks different than what it looked like when you were the one directly having that impact. And we always talk about Apple as an example of this. Yeah, we do. Right. And how when Steve Jobs handed over day-to-day control to Tim Cook, things changed. They shifted how they went and they looked at their vision and their mission, even if their purpose was still the same. Yeah. Right. It's actually interesting. That's an analogy we use in the Academy, right? Is Steve Jobs' mission for Apple and Tim Cook's mission for Apple. And they're so different. Yeah. And there actually was quite a bit of, of friction when Tim Cook took over from Steve. And a lot of people were like, Apple's going downhill. This is a disaster. What happened? And it took a little while to come out in the wash, but I think what we're seeing now when we look at Apple, we're seeing Steve Jobs' legacy is actually being continued. It's just evolved beyond what Steve himself had done. Yeah, exactly. And that's, for me, that's what a legacy is, right? A legacy isn't the person exactly living on and their thought process exactly living on as it was when they stopped being there. Like the individual in question, Steve Jobs, for example, did not stop evolving when he created Mm -hmm. Apple. If that was the case, we wouldn't have Apple as we have it today. It wouldn't have evolved beyond where he started. And so we can't expect our legacy to stop evolving when we utilize whatever exit strategy we're comfortable with using. Yeah, It's going to continue. It's going to maintain momentum. And that's the sign of a good culture. Assuming that is that your exit strategy isn't to shut the business down, which is, I mean, Fair. that is something that many people do, right? And so at the end of the day, it really comes down to, again, this question of what kind of company are you building? What kind of culture are you building? What values are you choosing to express in how you build your company? I think back to one of the previous episodes where we had Lindsay Bonham on as part of our roundtable, and she was talking about her passion for helping clients manage their money better. And you know, for Lindsay, the work that she's doing really has informed the kind of business that ultimately she's building. For me, is just really being clear about what my life is. Like when I'm dying, what am I going to think about? And as much as I love my work and as much as it lights me up and I love feeling competent and I love helping people and I love being able to use this like specific combination of skills that I have, that's probably not what I'm going to be thinking about when I'm on my deathbed. So remembering what are the memories that I actually want to form. And for me right now, it's very clear because I have a toddler that it's my time with my son. As as a therapist, I'm very aware of what this time of his life means to him. And I'm very aware that time doesn't come back. And also, I don't want him to have to do 20 years of therapy because his mom was like super busy and didn't pay attention to him. Let's like head that off now. That's actually why I went into online business and got out of being a therapist. I was a complex trauma therapist. And that's one of the decisions that I made was to go into online business instead. So I would have that quality of emotional energy for my life. 
not just the time, but the energy to give. So for me, as soon as he's home from preschool, he's two years old, it's just very clear, like, I want to be with him. I want to focus on him. And if I notice myself being distracted by work, it's, no, this isn't actually what matters. My time with him matters. And these memories we're forming matter. So trying to keep that really front and center keeps me grounded and keeps me focused on what actually matters in my life. Something I think a lot about when I think about my work is this kind of ripple effect, this visual of the work that I've done on myself and how I'm now making a point of really teaching therapists to do that same work and then how when they do that work, how that ripples out into their life and how they treat their clients. So I think that's a bit of a legacy perspective maybe on the work that I'm doing even now, even as clients just students leave when they're able to actually practice what they preach. Yeah. And and that's such an interesting perspective on legacy and impact, right? And the difference that you can have as a focus. For Lindsay, it's all about right now, it's all about her kid and the legacy that her family will be building and is building, right? Down the road, that may change and that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's not even so much that it can change, but it's that you can be building a legacy in and with your business while also having the impact that you want to have, again, that direct impact on the people beside you, whether that's your family or your direct clients or whomever, those things don't have to be in opposition. And I think that's a myth that we hear a lot in the online business space, which is that impact and legacy, number one, are the same thing. That's something we hear a lot. Those terms are used interchangeably. And then it's it's measured in, oh, my impact is how much money I made or how many clients I served. Or how many seven, eight, nine, ten, even ten figure years or businesses you've had. Or how many right. awards you won or whatever. How many books you've written. Bestseller yeah, lists. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay. And I understand why we want to use those numbers, right, to represent, you know, the number of customers we've worked with or whatever. It's it's a convenient shorthand for the quantitative side of the impact we've had. But it says nothing of the qualitative side. And the qualitative side is what actually creates legacy. The quantitative side of your impact doesn't create legacy. The qualitative side is what creates the legacy. Now, don't get us wrong here. We're not talking about not having goals. Like mm-hmm. being a three times New York bestseller is totally a great goal to have. But it's that slight differentiation of looking at essentially that, as you said, qualitative versus quantitative, that putting people first, right? Giving yourself the opportunity to focus on more than just the metrics, focus on more than just the numbers, focus on more than just the fame that sometimes or often can come with legacy as it's often termed nowadays. Ultimately, it's realizing that the impact is the day-to-day stuff. It's the impact that you're having, who you spend time with, where you spend your money, what kind of jobs you provide for your team, how that affects their lives and their families, how that affects your clients. This immediate impact is about how you can enrich these lives And scaling is about how you can enrich more lives. But I think you're exactly right, Jill, that when we start to look at legacy, we're talking about that qualitative side, that how did we put people first? How did we change human lives, human experience, not just a human's life or a human's experience, but actually humanity? You know, how did we actually affect that, even if it's just in a small way? 
that's legacy. And so often that kind of legacy can be, I'm going to use the term that I often hear. And so for those of you that aren't familiar with it, bear with me, but it can be disruptive, right? Because we're often breaking a mold or we're Mm -hmm. changing, as you said, changing how people interact or how people act. And that can be challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think it was back in episode three of this season, we spoke with Erica Corday and she was telling us about how important it was to put people first when growing your business and the challenges that come along with that to get past society's expectations of how you're supposed to create and operate a company while doing so. So at this point, there is no accolade that I am trying to hit that is going to forsake my mind, my soul, or my body. I'm just not open for any of it. And I want to create I want to create a brand that feeds into reminding an industry that we don't have to do it the way that we were conditioned to believe that we had to. I want to build a business so that not only is there space that my business won't fall apart if I'm ill, but my business won't fall apart when I decide to go have fun because I'm well. And that, to me, is so much more important than the letters that came because you got the award at the corporate event or, you know, how much money I made in Q3 when everybody else was down 50 points, blah, blah. Those things don't matter to me because I'm also not looking to my left, my right, my front or my back in order to decide whether or not I hit the numbers that I wanted to hit. Because at the end of the day, If I hit those numbers and I feel like trash, what was it all for? Yes, yes. (laughs) I feel like that's Jill's version of, can I get an amen? (laughs) Yeah, that is my version of it. If I hit those numbers and I feel like trash, what was it all for? Yeah. And, And one step further, if I hit those numbers and my team feels like trash, what was it all for? If I hit those numbers and my family, to Lindsay's point, my, my kid has to go to therapy because mom wasn't there growing up. Like you can hit your numbers, but if it's not working for your family, if it's not working for your team, if it's not working for your clients, and if it's not working for you, what was it all for? And just that, I think one of the things that, that gets me with what Erica was saying is just the idea of just giving yourself permission to break the mold Mm -hmm. that you don't have to live up to other people's expectations of what impact or legacy or building a business or having a family or anything looks like. I was thinking about the work that we do like with pay the rent, right? Where we give a proceed, a percent of our revenue to local indigenous organizations. And I was like, I was trying to explain like why we do that. And what I ultimately came down with is I can't wait for the government to figure out how to sort out the mess that exists with Indigenous people. I don't even know if it'll ever happen, and I can't wait for them to make it happen. So I have to do something in the meantime. And what this conversation reminds me of is it's the same thing with capitalism, right? Because that's where a lot of this idea of We need to run our business a certain way. We need to make profit, profit above people, all that stuff comes from this capitalist worldview. And you know what? Maybe we can't tear capitalism down. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure what we would replace it with because so far I haven't seen many options that work, right? 
outside of fiction and Star Trek, which, you know, is apparently this is the sci-fi reference episode. But as an individual business owner, especially of a very small business, the ability to impact government is pretty limited. The ability to disrupt capitalism is pretty limited. And so I really have to look at, okay, I might not be able to disrupt all those things, but what can I do? What can I reject about the old ways and those old ways of having company cultures? What can I do instead to grow a business? You know, for me, I think about stakeholder capitalism, which is a version of capitalism where it's not about maximizing profit. It's about maximizing positive impact on everyone the business touches, whether that's vendors, staff, clients, customers, whoever, everyone the business touches, we want to maximize the benefit to them. That's something I can do, even if I can't go and change the way the world at large works. And so here's where I want to actually push back a little bit on you or with you is that, yes, you may not be able to change the way the world works now, but that doesn't mean that you can't act as if Mm -hmm. you were. Yes. Yeah, right? that's very and true. And by doing so, make those changes anyway, locally for yourself and exactly. for your clients and for your yeah. team. And that's exactly what I'm saying, right? Is that it's not, I guess what I'm saying is that being the best and the measure of success no longer has to be defined according to these capitalist norms, like making the most money or, or putting the competition out of business or whatever it happens to be. We get to decide and we get to define what success looks like for us, both in terms of the immediate impact we want to have, but also in terms of what kind of legacy we ultimately are creating. And so essentially you're letting your company culture help you define what success means for you and how that personal impact of yours is measured. A great example of this is making sure you're taking self-care as a priority and measuring uncontaminated days, right? Mm-hmm. Uncontaminated days are days where you do not have to work, yeah. right? You can choose to go read a book, a business book, if you <laughs> want to do it for fun, if that's the kind of thing you do. I'm not a business book reader for fun, typically speaking. Rianne <laughs> is, right? But that is one way of measuring success is, okay, you're going to go and you're going to make sure that your people are taking off the time that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Not just for you, but for everyone on your team. And then expanding that to the other areas of your business, the other areas of your culture. How do you hire? How do you figure out how to pay people? How do you figure out how all of this inner workings of your business happens? The way you define success is going to inform all of those things. And the we talked about it all the way through, right? Your purpose, vision, and mission. Your mission is the impact you're making directly. Your vision is what it looks like when you've been making that change. And your purpose is the legacy that you're hoping you will leave as we be able to move beyond where we're, where we're at. Yeah. And I just, I want to call out something here because we've talked around it, but we haven't actually said it. For most of these methodologies that are the expected ways, a lot of what they end up leading to is sacrificing for those future results. Sacrificing your time, sacrificing your efforts, sacrificing in some cases, even your savings. For mm-hmm. some people, sacrifice to for this future state that may mm-hmm. or may not occur. Yeah. Instead, whereas, if you turn that around. Whereas, if we focus on the impact that we're making today, tomorrow, 
this week, this month. And look at that as the building blocks which create legacy. We get to have a both and because we get to have an impact in whatever way is most meaningful for us. But we know we're also sowing the seeds which will turn into beautiful plants, turn into fruit or big trees or whatever it happens to be. And that can be the legacy, but it's based on planting those seeds today. So that's really what I want to encourage you to be thinking about, you know, as we wrap up this episode is what is the impact that you're making? And then how does that translate into legacy? What is the stuff you're doing today, and how does that naturally lead to a bigger picture legacy for yourself? And as always, I would love for you to share that with us. You can drop us a DM. You can tag us on a post. This is a great post, by the way, to put out on social media to help express your culture and your values with your audience. Tell them about the impact and how you see that building the legacy you want to build. And then tag us in it so that we can see it and share with you on that. And then next time we are wrapping up the season and we're going to do so with a review of everything we've covered so far, plus some closing thoughts from our roundtable. So make sure you don't miss it because if this was the penultimate episode, which means the next one is going to be the ultimate episode. So don't miss the ultimate episode of season four of the Visionary CEO podcast. Until then, I'm Brianne Dick. She's Jill Jovanazzo. Thank you so much, as always, for listening from the unceded and traditional territory of the Qualicum First Nation. We hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO podcast, hosted and produced by Brianne Dick and Jill Jovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag visionaryceopodcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey, it's Brianne here. I just wanted to let you know that everything we're talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with clients at the Visionary CEO Academy. We've got a great program for strategists, coaches, and other online business owners that helps you scale from low or mid six figures to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, while keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more info and to get started.